At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. On the line is Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Santa for a while. Baldy now joins us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Baldy, welcome to the show, sir. Well, hello, guys. Are you guys, uh, I mean, sufficiently recovered from what we all watched on Saturday? Uh, sufficiently recovered, no. But do we still have to work? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, real quick, we're going to pop Baldy back on hold there as I think we have a connection issue. And insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Body Wash. That's blend body wash for you and me, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin too. You and I were talking about the other day. We're exfoliating and um, skin and, and exfoliating plus 24-7. Uh, we'll get Baldy back on the horn here. Yeah, I, I. by the way, I kind of love that that's his first question back to us. Because I, I don't know. Like, I really, I said this yesterday. I really don't know how this loss is going to age. I'm not, I, I like have accepted it better as I've gone on. But as we bring him back here, so Baldy, just full disclosure, welcome back. And I got to tell you, Thank you, I, I, I think I feel as good about this loss as I can some three days out. But like, I, I could have, I could be walking down the street four days from now and have just a complete and total and utter, mental breakdown. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah, no, I understand flashbacks are going to happen because something that looked so good. I mean, it's just Cinderella, you know, the slipper fell and uh, everything that was going well. I mean, I, I guess the part, I understand, you know, Joe Flacco, um, he had been throwing interceptions. It really caught, it was really costly. The back-to-back, you know, pick sixes, obviously uh, will change any game. You're not going to win those games, but I guess, you know, I think we all have to like, look at, you know, the Browns defense and go, how did this happen? You know, how does Brevin Jordan catch a tight end screen to go 70 yards or whatever? Like just the way that they manhandled the defense is just something that I never thought I was going to see. I, I, I thought the defense would keep them in the game regardless of how the offense performed, and that just wasn't the case. What were the Texans – what was Bobby Slowick doing specifically – or was this more about Jim Schwartz and what they were doing that allowed Bobby Sloak's offense to pick him apart? Uh, I mean, look, the quarterback didn't miss. Um, and so protect, you know, protection was key. Obviously, you know, like his, he didn't get touched in the game. Um, so, you know, when you could do that, that, that always helps. You knew Nico Collins was their number one wide receiver, and yet they couldn't really stop him and slow him down. And so that was disappointing how they couldn't take a number one wide receiver out. And they had been able to do that all year long. And so the inability to affect the quarterback and then to take the number one wide receiver out 
like just is a head scratcher still to this point. Baldy, is there an area you've watched enough of this Browns team that I'll ask you the defense was number one in the NFL. Is there a glaring need you see or a, or an area that you think would be best for them to upgrade this off season? Well, I mean, they, they spent a lot of resources to upgrade the defensive line and for most of the year. He's a Darius and, you know, all the guys that they brought in, um, you know, was an upgrade. And we saw a year from Jeremiah Russo Coromo that I think everybody in Cleveland was hoping he would eventually play like he did at Notre Dame, and he did. And the corners were really good until that, until that you know, uh, until that fateful Saturday. And, you know, obviously the injuries at safety – probably hurt this team more than what we thought it was. But I would say that probably is the position right now that has to be addressed the most. Uh, when you look at this Flacco situation, you know, it's – I'm guessing he's probably not back with the Browns, but who the heck knows? I mean, the way things finished, I mean, he loves Cleveland. He loved the way he was embraced here. And, and obviously Deshaun has, has injury concerns, so there's a chance maybe he'd play again. Uh, where do you think he ends up? I don't know. I mean, I think Cleveland's the best place as a backup to Deshaun. Um, and you better have a good backup in place uh, the way Deshaun has been injured the last two years. So I would say that, you know, keeping them should be a high priority. Now, you're going to get Nick Chubb back. We'll see what stage, you know, what kind of, you know, health Nick Chubb has a year from now after the devastating injury. But, you know, presumably the way he works, he's going to be good. Uh, the running game should be back. You should get your tackles back. Um, you know, the offense should be a lot better next year. And if, if Joe can have a role where he's got to play a game here, a game there, a, a stretch here, if something would happen to Deshaun, like you'd love to have a guy that knows the offense. He's had great success in this offense in Baltimore. He had great success here, you know, for a month. Like, I would think that you'd want to keep Joe, um, you know, uh, hanging around right now. Brian Baldinger on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So we we are having conversations about, you know, what is transferable? What can you carry over from this year? Because some people pointed out, well, you know, you have a different quarterback next year. Well, you got to make a decision at three, three or four contracts. So of what you saw from this team, what can you carry over from a very successful 2023 regular season? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the develop the use of David and Joku is real. I mean, he still had a great game the other day, but you know, and Joku is a real force. And so I think a tight end like that, we're going to see some really good tight ends in, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Like, I think that's, that's huge. Uh, Amari Cooper had a great season. Um, you know, I think looking at the development of David Bell, I mean, I think the receiving position looks pretty good at this point. Um, you know, I think that, you know, outside of last week, I mean, Jerome Ford did about as well as you could as basically presumably being a backup running back. I mean, I think there's some real pieces in place. I think Dewan Jones is a guy that you could build around at right tackle. You know, you just get him into better shape, get him stronger, keep him, keep his weight down. I think you got, you know, a, um, you know, a book and right tackle for a long time to come. Uh, the middle three guys, I know Batonio started getting nicked up a little bit at the end, but that middle three is as good as there is in this business. So, I mean, I think there's some real takeaways from this offense and how good they can be. Baldy, want to get your thoughts on, on something a little, little off off this Browns topic here too? As we saw the Eagles, you know, kind of bow out of the playoffs last night, and 
I know you lived out there in New Jersey, right near the, the Eagles facility and, and know those guys pretty well. You know, Jason Kelly, Kel, Jason Kelsey's retiring, uh, announced that after last night's game. He's been with them for, I believe, 13 seasons. Cleveland guy. We know him pretty well here. Played yeah. his ball at Cincinnati. Uh, j- just curious your thoughts on his career. Well, I mean, I've known Jason since he came here. I mean, he is, he's the heartbeat of the team, but he's the heartbeat of the city. And he goes to an event. I don't care if he goes to a Sixer game, if he goes to a parade, if he goes to a restaurant opening. Like, they, they turn out for Jason Kelsey. Like, he, he's never going to live in Philadelphia his whole life. He's, he's going to raise his daughters here. Um, but, you know, if you look at the pantheon of great Eagle players, um, you know, from Tommy McDonald to Reggie White, I mean, you're not going to mention the pantheon of Wilbur Montgomery, great Eagle players, and not mention Jason Kelsey. He's going to – he's just finished his third straight first-team All-Pro season. He's had five throughout his career, not to mention the Pro Bowls, the number of cons, you know, consecutive starts, all that stuff. Like, you can't mention the history of the Philadelphia Eagles without talking about Jason Kelsey. Baldy, looking to Philly, Dallas, and Miami. Uh, in a way, Cleveland and, and you know, kind of getting their butts kicked in the first round has been overshadowed by what's happened in those three towns. Which one, again, I'll say it, Miami, Philly, and Dallas, which one of those collapses, if you will, stood out the most to you? I think Dallas, because I saw it coming in Philly. Like, I saw their inability to tackle, their inability to stop the pass, the ball from going over their head. I saw it for most of the season. And then, you know, their inability to have an answer when teams blitz like they did, didn't have last night, like they haven't had in half a, half a season. But to see what happened to Dallas, I mean, Dallas was the best home team in the league. Uh, Dallas is, was having a great season. To see Green Bay take the Cowboys apart in every phase of the game, that's the one that shocked me. I can say Miami going up into those type of temperatures and that type of weather with a team that was really banged up and really injured. Um, I would say Dallas is the most alarming performance that we saw. Like, they were never in that game from the opening drive. And the quarterback looked like, you know, Bart Starr in the 60s, like Favre in the 90s, like Aaron Rodgers in the, you know, 2008. Like, he looked as good as any Packer quarterback that's ever played any playoff game. And I just didn't think – I thought he'd play good. I just didn't think he would be perfect. Is Dallas a McCarthy issue or more of a Dak issue? It might be just an organization issue. I mean, from Jerry on down. I mean, because they've been in this situation now a long time, you know, since Jimmy Johnson left. They have been in this situation where they can't get out of their own way in the playoffs, no matter if they're at home, if they're the favorite. Um, we've seen, you know, the faces melt on those fans, including the owner, uh, right in front of us in these horrible playoff losses. So, you know, they've changed the coaches. They've changed quarterbacks. They've changed coordinators. They've done all of this. And yet here they are in the playoffs with the same results. So I think a whole lot of people in that organization have to take a look at themselves and and how they're doing it because, like, they've drafted well. I mean, there's Micah Parsons and Dak in the fourth round and CD. I mean, they drafted very well. Yet they have the most humiliating playoff losses that any team has had. Brian Baldinger on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Uh, Baker Mayfield, former Browns quarterback, winning against Philly last night in the playoffs. I'm just curious at, at what you're seeing 
from Baker on the on film this year and why this year looks so different from the previous two years across three different teams? Well, I mean, he's been there all year. I mean, he was there, you know, he came to Carolina, you know, in July. He never even learned the offense. The team around him was terrible. I mean, he's been there all year. He won the job early. Uh, they got a new coordinator who's very creative. The offensive line had to get rebuilt. So he had to, like, kind of allow that to develop. The running game gradually got a little bit better. But Baker got to be Baker, you know, where, you know, he, he gets to make these throws down the field. If they caught the ball last night, they would have scored 50. But he got a chance to be Baker, show his competitive fire, his ability to throw a deep ball, his, like, just his fire to escape the rush. Like, all the things that you saw for periods of, you know, off and on in Cleveland, like, you see that fire. But now he seems to be more mature about the whole thing. He's had, he's been humbled in Cleveland. He got humbled in Carolina. Now, I, I don't think it's about proving to everybody anymore, like, I belong. I feel like he's in a good spot on a good team where he could just be Baker and he doesn't have to put the team on his back. Like, they've got help. They've got, you know, some guys that have been in this business a long time that have had a lot of success. And now I think he just gets to play quarterback and have some fun. But I want to ask you about something that happened during the broadcast the other night. You know, Chris Collinsworth, who does a great job, was talking about the hit on Higby uh, in that Lions game and, and how, you know, he went low. And that's sort of what we're taught now. You know, I played DB, you know, back when I played. And, and it's, I don't know how I'd play these days. But, I mean, he, he mentions the fact that any player would rather somebody go high, even though in the moment you're not thinking about the, the long-term ramifications of CTE and concussions, things like that. But like in those situations, like we even experienced it here in Cleveland with Nick Chubb early in the season when Micah Fitzpatrick went low. Some people thought it was dirty, but what was he supposed to do in this situation? What's your what's your overall like takeaway on, on some of those hits? Well, I mean, look, Kirby Joseph is not a dirty player. He's a good player. I don't think he's a dirty player. Could he have changed the target? Possibly, um, you know, because of the result. But players do get hit in the knees all the time and bounce up. They don't always, you know, turn out to be. Um, season-ending ACL tears like you know, it did to Tyler Higby, But, I mean, you know, Chris asked the right question because uh, we have talked about this. Would you rather get hit high and a targeting hit to the helmet or hit low to the knee? And 99% of the players would say, I'll take my shot to the helmet. Don't, don't hit me in the knee. And so, look, these guys are so fast. This game is, is happening in, um, you know, in the shutter of a – you know, a flashbulb right now, uh, and it's just very difficult to change your trajectory sometimes. I, I don't believe that there are a lot of dirty players in this league. I think some hits look dirty, but I don't believe there's a lot of players that walk around the locker room going, man, I'm a dirty player. I'm going to take it out on this son of, son of a gun. I, I don't believe that. Because we've all been hurt, and none of us want to be hurt, and we all want to do what, it, what we can to stay healthy and stay in the game. And I, and I think people believe in karma. And if you go out there intentionally to injure somebody, you're going to get injured as a result at some point. Baldy, these are the four lowest-seeded teams left in the playoffs heading to the divisional round. Tampa, Detroit, Green Bay, Houston, and uh, Kansas City. So I'll ask you, actually, I'm sorry. Tampa Bay, (laughs) Green Bay, Houston, and Kansas City. Of those four teams, who do you believe the most in can go out there and win a championship this year? Well, I mean, I would say Kansas City just because they have Mahomes, you know, and the guy threw the ball in, you know, 33 below zero weather the other day, and it looked like a spring day in Fort Lauderdale. 
to him. Like, nothing bothers that guy. And he's found a good receiver, Rasheed Rice, and Kelsey is a factor, and they ran the ball good, and he played error-free football. And when Patrick Mahomes plays error-free football, they win a whole lot of football games. Baldy, great stuff, man. Really do appreciate you. Have a, have a lovely week here, and uh, we'll talk to you after the divisional round. Okay, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Take Thanks, care. Baldy. Enjoy the games. Thank you so yep. much. That was Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.